We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Light ears. Andy, is that not one? Is this not been a very memorable, exciting playoff so far? Sometimes I think to myself these last few weeks, I don't know if it's just the, maybe the bubble playoffs that weren't special, you know, that weren't something that blew my mind outside of it was just different, or these are just an amazing playoffs. I, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, this last month or so has been spectacular. I, just, I feel like I'm watching a superstar grow up every game. Like, I don't, I don't care what game it is. I don't care what team it is. I'm looking at it, I'm like, all right, well, D-Book, that's a superstar. Trey Young, that's a superstar, right? Nikola Jokic, already a superstar. But, like, you go down the line every single Kevin, team you're watching. Kevin Herter, superstar. Super, Clay Thompson, you know what I mean? The new Clay Thompson. <laughs> like, it's just every single game I'm watching. You know, Drew Holiday, oh, my God. Yeah, maybe not him. But just, uh, it's been special. It's been amazing. For the listeners, we'll be talking lottery in the second half of this podcast. Join us Tuesday night for the lottery post-game show on Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app. We will be reacting to where the Warriors pick. We'll be reacting to the Warriors getting the number one and the number four pick, something they have 0.17% of a chance of happening. But Adam Silver's got to rig it for us, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that show will be fun. That show will be everybody knows what what the Warriors are, are, are going to, uh, what they're up against. But I think that will be... Probably the biggest moment for the Warriors in the last few months, easily since since that Lakers. Honestly, it's been the biggest moment all year because you know, as a Warriors fan, you kind of look at the season and you're like, "Well, well, we know they're not chasing root- wins." Exactly. You know, they weren't trying to win a title, so this is it, right? Like, if they end up getting a top four pick, which is possible, that's huge. That's huge. So we'll be doing a post uh, post game. What's that post game show? It feels like post game. It feels like a game that does feel like a post game show. But yeah, we'll we'll be getting to that. We've kind of um, pushed back draft analysis stuff because I just want to see where the picks land before we we start like breaking down prospects. Yeah, I need to know who to watch. It might not be worth watching Scotty Barnes. You know, if they end up with a seventh pick, you know what I mean. So yeah, well let, let me get some let me get some time to watch some of these guys. But yeah, you're right. We'll, we'll get, get into it. But I want to start on the final four. Feels a little bit like a changing. In the, does it feel like a changing in the guard or uh, just a random year? Which do you think? Final four is such a. It, it feels like a, it feels like a random year. More random year than a changing of the guard, in my opinion. It does feel like the Final Four name is at because when you think of Final Four, you think of college basketball. And when you think of college basketball, March Madness, you think of like usually Final Four is like two random teams then like a blue blood team, right? Like Duke or North Carolina or, or Kentucky or something like that. 
this season, it's literally it, it's Atlanta, <laughs> it's Milwaukee, it's it's Phoenix, and then it's the Clippers. Like, which one of these teams are the blue blood teams? Right? It's, it really does feel like a Final Four where it's like George Mason is in the goddamn, you know, like George Mason is in the final. That's what it feels like. Um, it has been awesome to watch some young players grow up. Devin Booker has been my favorite one. Uh, phenomenal game on Sunday, 40-point triple-double. Um, one of my biggest takes from the playoffs has actually been, I think the floor has been raised so much in the NBA over the last couple of years. Like, it's not good enough just to have a superstar, as we found out with the Warriors this year. It's as the Lakers found out, like you really need to have like a team and an identity and some certain principles. Then you want your superstar to drive you home. We're no longer in 2004 where like you could just put a bunch of goons around Kobe Bryant or Tim Duncan. And like, that's good enough. Like you get one of those guys and you get a bunch of goons and you're good. Now you really need a lot more talent to get yourself in the conversation. The Clippers, I think, was one of those. Like all these guys, you can make the note for for all these teams. But the Clippers are the easy example because I was having dinner, so I was kind of watching it at the side of my. Um, by the way, Epic Steakhouse, very good, very good steak. Um, if you're a steak guy, yeah, yeah, I'm not a huge steak guy. I'm just it's not what I grew up eating, but incredible. Uh, had had the Clippers Jazz game six because I thought you know this is going to seven one. You know, I don't really have to pay attention, and a guy, a third year player, second round pick. He Shout comes out, out Jerry and, West. Yeah. And, and 39 points and really is the main reason why they're, they're, they're playing against the Phoenix Suns right now. And, and, and you're right. There is just a lot more talent than uh, in these, in these teams that I've seen before. Cam Johnson today, I'm watching him and I'm just like, that would be the second best player, <laughs> you know, second best offensive player on the Warriors this season, Cam Johnson, just easily. And he's what, he's just like the fifth guy on Phoenix, maybe. You know, in terms of, you know, he's a legitimate shooter though. Yeah. He's legit, but he's legit. And, and, and I think just, there's just so much talent on all of these teams. I think is what you're trying to say. I'm just boiling it down, but it's just, there's so much more talent on these teams, especially offensively. I think, especially offensively. Yeah. That's been my big take. Obviously defense is still very important, but I feel like the league is skewing so much more offensively. You almost want to deviate to offensive talent before worrying about defense. We watched Ben Simmons in game seven do just a horrendous Draymond Green impression, afraid to shoot the ball, uh, afraid to attack the rim. Uh, I think this is probably a low for him. I really don't think he's this bad. I think this might end up being like the reality check he needs to get his game in order a little bit, but like, it's just a remind, it reminds me so much of Draymond where you're like, dude, I don't care how high your IQ is. I don't care how many positions you can guard on defense. You got to put the ball in the, in the, in the hoop. If you're open, I'm not asking you to hit Steph Curry shots. I'm asking you to finish one-on-ones at the rim. I'm asking you to hit an open catch and catch and shoot, you know? Yeah. I I think the open catch and shoot is probably even asking for too much, but again, he had a, he had a wide open dunk. The the thing's viral now, but like you can watch Ben Simmons down two with four minutes to go and he has a wide open dunk and he passes the Tybal, which is like, if you're so smart, why are you passing the Tybal who can't shoot? Right. And then Tybal gets fouled and, and he makes one out of two free throws and Embiid after the game pretty much says like, Hey, like that was kind of the play where it kind of, it, it rattled us a little bit. Like, can you imagine that you're getting rattled off a play, your own teammate made where in a possession where you actually scored, where I guess it's somewhat of a positive. You scored one point that possession and they were still like, like if this is what we're playing with, like how, how can we, 
that Sixers team looked miserable. Like they just looked like they didn't want to play with each other. And and that's probably part of it, right? Like that's the Ben Simmons stuff. Not different than Draymond, right? Like the comp is is kind of there, but Ben Simmons, I think, has been a lot, 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 lot worse. And I think it's just but you think of it from a Warriors perspective, kind of the, <laughs> the same stuff. you you saw the same stuff for Draymond. It's just they have a lot more vets where Steph is not really ever gonna get rattled because of Draymond. Yeah, and the rest of the players and the Warriors are just too young to like do the eye roll <laughs> with Draymond thing. But like That's from true. a basketball perspective, right, I mean, right, Atlanta right. was guarding Ben Simmons with John Collins, mm. sagging off him most of the game. Come on, man. Ben Simmons should have put John Collins through the hoop a couple times during that game. He should have gotten easy 15. He should have. And if it wasn't John Collins, it was Gallinari. But like the point stands. It's like you got to take advantage of those matchups because it's hard to come by baskets in the playoffs if one guy's unaf- is afraid to shoot it. Well, Ben Simmons, you also tweeted this. He's also way more athletic than Draymond. He can actually yeah. finish the ball at the whole time. He should like, be able to go no- over those guys. Yeah. yeah, he can dunk. Like, you know what I mean? Like Draymond's a lot of his problems, not his fault. He's not, he's not vertically athletic, right? Like he's not a tallest guy. He's, you know, not really an offensive player. But Ben Simmons, you're like, Duke could go through. Like, there's no reason Danilo Gallinari is staying in front of him. John Collins, very good player, but he's not a defensive player. No, and not so at all. there's <laughs> so uh, right. Like that was one of those things where and now Draymond, he's he makes his free throws. Now, so that's still a little bit different from Ben Simmons. Like that, that's the thing where I feel like with Ben Simmons, it's uh, and he's and he's young, he's mid-20s, he's not washed up. It was really one of the um one of the weirdest things, like, was he rattled? We've seen LeBron rattled on the biggest stage. We've seen a lot of people, legends rattled. It looked, on the it looked stage, completely but, mental to me. <sighs> that was rough. That was rough. And so the Joel Embiid, that, for Warriors fan, you know, everybody listening is a Warriors fan, you know, when the Sixers are um, looking to – because there's no way they're running this team back. There's no chance. Right. And so if you're a Warriors fan, you're rooting for that, right? You know, maybe it's Ben Simmons. He's on the block. Maybe Joel Embiid requests a trade. Whatever it is that may be, like, that's what you're rooting for because that gives the Warriors a shot at a superstar. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, on the flips, on the uh, other side, you see someone like Kevin Herter, someone I was hoping the Warriors could trade for. Now I'm like, that's just not yeah. happening at all. I, In my mind, I was thinking, you know, they probably don't want to pay Herter and Bogdanovich and Gallinari and Collins while maxing Trey Young. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of money to pay to a lot of teams, right? So maybe they want to trade one of them. Maybe that's a guy the Warriors could look at to trade their pick for. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, there's no chance. They'll move Gallinari or something before they give away a young player like that. But when I look at Kevin Herter, it's hard for me not to think of the fact that might have been Travis Schlenk's best pick. Travis Schlenk, obviously Trey Young superstar. Um, full hipster mode there. Yeah. Very nice. Well, no, but I was saying, but like picking someone like Herter at 19, that is actual scouting and development. Like anyone could have picked Trey young in the top five. Well, it did take some guts. I actually let you finish your point, but it did did take some guts choosing Trey because it could have just chose. Yes. Yes. We can, well, we can get into Luca versus Trey, but, um, (laughs) which is now a conversation. How crazy is that? But yeah. Yeah. But, but Herter at, I want to say 19, that's really where executives, in my opinion, mm. make their money in that um, in that middle, like non top five range where you're, you know, some guys hit, some guys don't. You're getting a shot at talent, but you really have to know what you're looking at. And Herter, little bigger than people think, like he's a legit six seven, better handle than people think, can create his own shot on top of being a catch and shoot guy. Um, 
I mean, shout out Travis Schlenk, right? That was just a great pick. I mean, they've built Travis, a yeah. nice, he's built a nice roster in three years from scratch. And he was kind of forced into going all in this season or not all in, but at least leveraging some of the cash he had and assets he had. And he built a team that's now Eastern Conference Finals team, regardless of who they played and what happened. They had injuries too. Bogdan Bogdanovich didn't play. He looked like he could move out there, right? Like, yeah, and that was, that was their big possession. He's fantastic. It didn't he's, matter. He's banged up. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, banged he, up out there. And, and Danilo Gallinari's out here. There's another possession, another guy that they got. He's getting huge shots, huge three point shots all game long. And, um, uh, from a Warriors perspective, now the Warriors have the choice. You know, again, with the lottery show coming up, we're going to discuss this. They're going to have a 15th or 14th pick, right? Like most likely in that ish area. Yeah, they're probably going to get, get something between like five and seven and then something yeah. around 14. They have a shot at non-obvious talent. That's the thing that's interesting. That's where you mm-hmm. really make your money as a talent evaluator. And, and like you said, like Travis Schlenk is the guy that is that talent evaluator, right? Like that, that's the guy that the Warriors lost that he was kind of known for picking those players and making those choices. Nowadays with the Warriors, we're interested to see who's that guy. Who's the, we we kind of know like who's taking over for him, but like, are they good enough to pick players like those guys that the Hawks have gotten? But on the flip side, Kevin Herter, it is what year? Three? Right? So you, so you kind of can't. This year three looks fantastic, but like if you're the Warriors right now, it's like you pick a guy at 14. Well, you can wait till year three because now we're talking about 2025, 2020, 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that that's tough. But again, it's those are all things you got to give you got to care about. Yeah, and and that's that's where it gets really interesting because I'm looking at these teams and there's no one as good as Steph Curry on any of the final four teams. <laughs> no. Maybe Kawhi no. Leonard can make right. a case. But I don't even know if Kawhi is going to play again the rest of the way, right? But when I look at these rosters, I'm going, okay, Steph's better than Giannis. But after Steph, maybe the next five to six players (laughs) are Bucks players. Maybe seven, honestly. Okay, throw Draymond in there. You You can do the same thing with every one of these rosters. Uh, One of my bigger pet peeves has been just kind of the Wiggins hype machine. I think Wiggins is fine. I think he's done really good, but like there's a lot of I'm only watching my team when I'm talking up Wiggins and not watching what's going on with other teams around the league. In other words, he's he is objectively a very good defender. He probably deserved to get some all defensive team votes. He didn't get them because he has a bad reputation, um, but he's not a game changing defender. He's not like a stopper in the, you know, prime Iguodala sense. He's not necessarily a great offensive player either. He's not a shot. Could he, he's not the shot maker. Some of the guys worse we've been seeing in the playoffs are. And I don't mean to pick on him. I'm just pointing out that, like, this team has to find a way to add talent from, let's just say, the fourth guy on the roster to, like, the eighth guy on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I love that point. The, the, I watch my guys more than other people. So you fall in love with that. I mean, that's, that's true. I think, and we all do Bob- it on some level. Like, they, you yeah. know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm smart than anyone. Like I watch more warriors than any other team. So I'm just too much, team. too much goddamn warriors. Um, love them. Love them. Can't wait. Can't wait for the new guys that they'll end up with. But, um, 38% from three Andrew Wiggins, right? Like that's, that's as far as I'm concerned, an outlier season. Also a season where you play with Steph Curry, things are going to, things are going to look great. Like when you play with Steph Curry, you're going to get open shots. So, um, 
yeah, all, that, I, I, all that open space, he could still only get like two and a half assists a game. Like he was playing with an open court the whole way. You know, a lot, a lot of this stuff points out to like, it's not that I want him gone or anything, but it's like, I don't foresee him as like something you have to protect with all your life either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is, there are, if you look at some of these teams, I also think it's optimistic to think the Warriors could win a championship next season. Like that's not unrealistic, right? You look at some of these teams and you're like, well, number one, anything can happen. We see that this season, whether it be injuries or whether it just be some of these guys that look amazing in the postseason, anything can happen. That tells me that the Warriors are good enough to win a title next season. But the other thing is that um, some of these guys do look pretty rattled <laughs> when you watch some of these games. And it does it is cool to watch these teams and then think of the Warriors and go, man, like Warriors in crunch time, Warriors in the Western Conference semis finals, Western Conference finals, NBA finals. They had some dudes that were ready to play in the moment. Steph, Clay, Draymond, right? Draymond would be great in the moment too. Um, and I look at some of these players this season. It's not really their fault because they're pretty new to the stage, but they look pretty like the Bucks. I watched Chris Middleton and Drew like take turns shitting their pants for 45 minutes before they put it together. Joe Harris was another guy that just, just, I think he's petrified out there. Thank God. Now he's out of the postseason. Now he could get to go on vacation, but you watch some of these, some of these guys and Good you're Lord, like, he could not hit a shot for about I mean, four games there. That was my terrible. God. I felt bad for him. But so, so I think that's cool, right? You think of the Warriors. You're like, I, I'm not worried about Steph Clay and Draymond. If they get there, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not going to be rattled. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, but then what you do worry about is, how much offense Draymond can give you and how many minutes Clay can give you, which gets back to our larger point. Like we all would like the Warriors to add a superstar, but honestly, I just want them to add players at this point. I'm totally cool with them not adding a superstar. If they get three to four players who can contribute and we have like a new school strength in numbers type of team, because I'm looking at the teams left in the playoffs. They're all really good, but it's not like Phoenix has like six superstars. Yeah. They're just a really well-constructed team with one superstar. Sorry, Chris Paul, one all-star or well, two all-stars. We Aiton's playing like a borderline all-star mm-hmm. and Chris Paul mm-hmm. is just objectively an all-star level contributor who does a lot of winning things, quite frankly, in the same vein as like a Draymond, you know, I look at, I look at like the Clippers too. Clippers. Yeah. PG is an all-star and borderline superstar. Kawhi is a superstar. Everyone else on their roster is just, good they're just good players you know like i would love to have a batum a mark a marcus morris uh i don't know what happened to rehab reggie jackson but he's been actually amazing <laughs> i one of the players that i hated watching now i I'm yeah, he not- was on he was on the list of like least likable watches least likable i guess he he still took some terrible shots today but objectively he has been fun for the last few weeks um i i compared him to he's having the the postseason that fred van vliet had uh, a couple of years ago um, that he just suddenly had a baby and just decided to ne- never miss a shot again. Uh, so it was phenomenal. I, go, but go down the list of the Phoenix Suns. So you, you, you talk about, let's run that back. So you got Booker as a superstar. You got Chris Paul as, a, as an all-star. You got DeAndre Ayton, who's the rising rising fringe all-star guy. Playing but, at an all-star level for sure. But yeah. Um, and then you got Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder as your 3 and D guys. Cam Johnson, who's an excellent shooter. You got campaign as the scoring guard off the bench. Right? That's four guys. Four guys that'll play. Even Dario Saric. Dario Saric uh, is the yeah. type of guy that maybe the Warriors wouldn't play because they're not a great defender. You can count on Dario Saric coming for 15 minutes and give you some shot making and do some things. You know, Corey Craig, who they picked up for free, essentially can make a three. Right, like that's another guy, right? So they, they, like, you look up and down the roster and you're like, man, these guys can make shots. Home games, 
All of a sudden, it's like it's a nine player rotation of guys who would all play in the Warriors rotation. And like you wouldn't think twice about it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think part of it to kind of to kind of look and be optimistic moving forward is some of these guys that that these teams pick up are um, like when you think of uh, campaigns, a perfect example campaign was a essentially a veteran minimum signing. Reggie Jackson, a veteran minimum signing, you know, like uh, Nicholas Batum. Batum, yeah, that's what Batum was the most obvious one, um, and he's way better than that. And uh, it it points out to, yeah, kind of the the point we've been getting at, which is, yeah, you're not going to get perfect players playing in the margins, but you can find guys, and there's opportunity there. And just saying you're capped out is not a viable excuse. Ah. Yeah, I mean, like, campaign is not a Warriors type of player. Like, that's one guy where it's like, he's got some talent. No, the Suns probably, maybe they probably got lucky. Like, they probably didn't think he's going to be this good. But you're, you're, you're thinking, if you, if you only can spend the veterans minimum, right, or whatever amount, sure. you can't get the perfect player. You just got to get the player that you feel has the most talent. And that's something that'd be interesting for the Warriors to do because they've done this show before, but they've opted for guys that are – probably less talented but to fit the system better um i think and so uh, that's or even guys with the wrong type of talent that's the other thing <laughs> like we can talk about kelly Oubre. kelly Oubre is talented but he can't hit a shot from the outside with any sort of consistency and he doesn't create for others so what exactly is he doing right like so he's athletic like there's there's a finite amount of utility you can really get out of that all right, well, we can go on on this forever. Um, do you want to hit on the Brooklyn game real quick? Because I feel like that was the game of the playoffs. Yeah, that was. Brooklyn-Milwaukee. Uh, Let's do a couple minutes on that. Um, one, oof. Kevin Durant. I don't even know where to begin with that. Like, I, I thought I, I thought he won the game with the regulation shot. It was. His foot was on the line. Uh, but Milwaukee just outlasting them as he was trying to go hero ball the whole way is in some ways an example of the era we're in, you know, like as great as Katie is, and he is the best player in the NBA. He's out of his mind. Uh, He nearly pulled it off with kind of a ragtag bunch. And, you know, James Harden did his best to give the game away, even though he was injured too. But uh, uh, the Bucks, man, just Giannis holding it together and just playing as a unit the rest of the way. A couple of things. Yeah. A couple of things with that series. I like the way you kind of drew that up. I think first thought I had in my head was, was I rooting for KD? Was I rooting against KD? I don't think I was doing either of those things. Um, I, I, I just wanted to watch a good series. Honestly, I was probably rooting more for Giannis. Um, I felt like watching that entire series, you would watch the game and you would be frustrated with everything that Milwaukee and Giannis would do then you look at the box score and Giannis is 36 and you're just like, it's not pretty, but yeah, what? Like how? And so I think that was one of those series where we just talked about Ben Simmons who doesn't want to shoot, has no confidence, just doesn't want to be there. And you look at Giannis who also can't make a free throw like Ben Simmons, although he did in game seven, but he also doesn't care. He keeps going to the hole. He keeps getting charges called against them, right? He keeps getting balls turned over, but he keeps scoring. Right, like he keeps going up, he keeps going, keeps getting fouled, keeps going to the line. I don't know what it is about Giannis, but that made me kind of like I was just like, this guy is unbelievable. I mean, that was the coolest part relentless. of that series for me. Yeah, relentless. 
one of the coolest parts of that series for me is that, um, yeah, he wasn't great. I mean, he didn't play great. Maybe he's playing the wrong style. He shouldn't be shooting threes, but that confidence was incredible because he got guys like Draymond who I feel like they talk like they're confident, but then when they play basketball, they're not apparent. They're not uh, offensively at least, but Giannis who's, yeah, you know, it seems like he's actually confident, which is really cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, to wrap this all up, it's been phenomenal basketball and I hope Warrior fans are watching it because I think we can all learn something about kind of what we want the Warriors to pursue going forward. I think at minimum, we all agree they need more offensive skill. They need more shooting. They need more playmaking. They need to look into players who can create their own shot in one way or another, because this using just Steph to draw a triple and hoping the system will create a bucket is just not going to work if you don't have the right kind of talent anymore. Yeah. Um, and then I think on the flip side, watching this do, does tell me like if they do pick up the right veterans, they are they are in a pretty sweet spot because I am watching They're this team and I'm like, yeah. I, I thought the Brooklyn they look they got hurt and it's it's it was tough. I don't think Kyrie was ever going to play. Harden, I don't know what his deal was. He was he never got re injured. I don't I don't know how you play 45 minutes twice with a hamstring and you don't reaggravate. It just it doesn't make sense to me. So was he actually well, he doesn't hurt? he doesn't really run. So <laughs> so well, yeah. So did he just play at 40 percent then it's like i don't know what's going on see how scared he looked by the way at the end there when he got the ball from kd um that was the only team i felt like well if they're running all cylinders you probably can't beat that team right like even the warriors you look at it next year like that's that's tough to, to beat yeah if those team. three guys are healthy that's a uh that's tough that is a pain because we've seen the onslaught they can put on teams oh, when they do that but yeah. you know what man at this point you gotta wonder how healthy they'll ever be I, yeah somebody said i think you you said that somebody said that in the middle of the season you're like Look, this team is probably going to win the title, but can they get there? Like, are they even going to make it? Turns out they couldn't make it past the second round. So it's like, that's a, va- that's a valid question. Same question you have about Clay Thompson. It's fair. Is he going to make it? Is he going to make it to the postseason next season? But, but I think talent-wise in the Western Conference, I'm watching these teams and eat all the Lakers in there even. Um, I think the Warriors are right up there. If they find the right veterans, um, and, they have and a, the guys are healthy. They have the most important element, which is a superstar to build around. Now the question is, can they get the right pieces? Yep. to get to the next level because as we saw we can uh, we didn't talk about utah much but it's like you can be the smartest team oh. but if you don't have the superstar to build around like what are you going to do right and they're going to be good next year but end of the day they still have kind of a go bear like go bear is just not that guy you know <laughs> not that guy pal <laughs> I, I love that video I, I do want to do a minute on the on utah because that was a team i was rooting for and it is sad it is sad to um, do analysis where it's just so it's so easy and it's just well they just don't have the star like it, that's the analysis right? like that's it and it, you kind of can't argue against that because who is that guy for Utah? People are arguing that Rudy Gobert is their most important player, the best player, which is kind of a problem. Donovan Mitchell, awesome, but he's a chucker, right? And does he actually make people around him better? So that's a tough one. That's it's a tough one to lose two straight to a team without Kawhi. I, I don't know what you do. Yeah, and it's it's just the same issue every year with yeah, them. Every, they, what can they what can they do about it? Donnie Mitchell I feel like I, I feel like they've legitimately optimized what they can do with that roster. Like that's the that's the saddest part. I'm like they are so smart. They play together. They do everything right. But like just talent. It's just a talent issue for them. Just kind of Hawks, issue. right? They kind of remind you of that Budenholzer Atlanta Hawks team. Where, where yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy. Where you're like, I like all of you. I don't know that I love any of you <laughs> type of players, right? Like that's uh, kind of the roster they have. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's let's move into the lottery. Yeah. The lottery is Tuesday night. We're going to find out exactly what kind of options the Warriors have. Theoretically, the Warriors can get the number one and the number four pick. Uh, less than a 1% chance of that happening. So less I don't think one. it'll happen. Ooh. As we're looking at it right now, the, it's, their own pick is highly likely to be number 14, 97.6% chance. The Minnesota pick is a little more of a question. It's there is a like uh, 27.6% chance that Minnesota keeps the pick and a 72.4% chance the Warriors get it. And if the Warriors get it, the most likely place it'll land is seven. Honestly, probably they'll, they'll fall back one spot in it, but the odds are they're going to be in that like, six to eight range they might move up to four more likely they'll be six seven eight um what are you doing to bring the warriors some good luck so that we can get that one and four uh you know what's a you know what's crazy about social media now and this kind of off off random tangent but do you remember when the warriors had a coin flip for that harry b pick yes you remember that way back 2012 yeah, 2000. So I guess Twitter really wasn't that big back then. You you couldn't find an update. You couldn't find an update. So I remember I was on Twitter and I was just scrolling, trying to figure out what happened to the pick. And I guess suddenly it just came out in like an article or something like that. Like that's how crazy it was, right? Like Woj and Shams weren't really like that. weren't really a newsbreaker for the nowadays. If you get a coin flip, they're doing every they're tweeting every single thing leading up to it. Um. All that being said, I don't even remember what I was doing back then, hoping that the Warriors would get that pick. Pick turned out great. Harry B, pretty good. Um, what I want to see is I would I would I don't know who's going to the to the to the lottery or Rick anything Welts. like that. Rick Wells, that that's who's going. I would like to see Clay on IG Live, uh, do, uh, talking about the lottery. I, I would like to see that um, because Clay on IG Live was he done two weeks in a row or something like that? Highly entertaining. Um, incredibly entertaining not we cannot get enough clay thompson content around these parts i want literally literally when the sun comes out in june and the city is 70 and beautiful clay is just perfect could be in china can be in the middle east can be uh can be on a boat in the bay just every summer around this time clay gives us just the best content he has been he has been fantastic. I would like to see his reaction. And uh, Clay probably doesn't know a single player in the draft, uh, not a single player. Um, you could tell him Kay Cunningham would have no idea, and I think that would be fantastic. Which now that I'm thinking about it, Clay would be pretty good at, at, as an inside the NBA guy. Draymond's obviously good, but Clay's another guy that'd be good. Steph would be awful, but Clay would be good. 
he would be a fun guy there. So you didn't answer my question. What what superstitions are you doing? Are you gonna make like some sort of special food? I'm. Are you going to like do some sort of voodoo spell? I I'm not going to check Twitter. You're gonna that, put on is, your uh, you're gonna put on your old school um, Vladimir Radvanovich jersey. Uh, Vlad Red, the goat seventy seven, I believe. Um, so here's what I did when the when the Niners were drafting. Um, because we were all petrified. Well, I was that it may be Mac Jones. And uh, I did not check my Twitter for 30 minutes leading up to it because I needed the full reaction. I needed to know. I need to feel. I don't want it ruined. So that's my. That's always my ritual when it's a big moment. So come Tuesday night, I won't be. I won't be checking anything. I don't. I don't like newsbreakers. I don't like getting updates. I'm just gonna put my phone down. 30 minutes, and uh, you'll hear from me after on Green Room. Andy Lou blocking Shams and Woj. Yes, sir. All right. Over under on Adam Silver making the call, rigging the lottery for the Warriors. Oh man, I I think I'm I want it split in the middle because obviously one and four is asking for a lot. But how about one of them in the top four, right? Like how about one of them? I don't well, care. Which we, one. we don't want the Wolves one in the top four. Wait, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> sorry, or, or, sorry, you can get the Wolves one top. at four. Right, yes, you can yes. get the Wolves one at four. So I'm okay with the Wolves one at four. Um, or obviously for the, the, the 14th pick, you, I'm cool with that in the top three, but just one of them asking for both is a lot less than 1%, but just one of them, you, hey, which, which reminds me, we all, we're all making Adam Silver jokes about who they want to put in the, in the NBA final and stuff like that. I don't know if Adam Silver's not done much. You look at the final four and you're like, <sighs> he tried his best to get KD in there. You see some of those like game calls, <laughs> he tried he his fucking best, but anyway. Um, yeah, man. That's that's where I'm at. Uh, do we want to talk about? Is there anyone in this draft that you would be? Because I know you, you kind of would prefer to trade the picks if you could get value. You have for a it. hot take. I want to hear your hot take. I don't have a hot take. I'm just curious. Is there anyone in this draft where you're like, you know what? I want veteran help, but that rookie would be really cool on this team. Um. I think I guess that's the, the easiest one's Kay Cunningham, right? Like that's sure. the guy who seen that's the guy who seems like he's Ben Simmons but can shoot. Like that's yeah. the guy who like that's the comp apparently is is what's going around. I watched like him in the MCA tournament, which uh, his team is miserable, but he was really awesome to watch. Um, so I, I mean, I think guy, you can I think you can defend at the NBA level like almost immediately. He's got the size. He's like a legit six eight, and he can legitimately handle and shoot the ball. I, I, I feel like very confident that he can do what Tyrese Halliburton did year one, if not more. And then like, obviously can grow into a much better player, but like, honestly, how great would Tyrese Halliburton have been on this Warriors team as a rookie behind Stephen Clay as a third guard. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what we're talking been, about. Yeah. Like Tyrese Halliburton would be, it would have been incredible. That, Jalen that, Suggs the, is another guy who hits that like perfect example where I'm like, I feel confident with you as a, 20 minute per game guy on a contending team now with upside to be much better. That's the guy where I'm watching him and I'm not sure uh, that's the guy who I'm still willing to trade. I think that that's the guy I've watched a lot of them just cause I, I, I did love him. That's probably the guy I've watched the most where it's like, I don't know if he's a generational can't miss talent. I think you get it. If, if you can get him at four, they end up at four. I think you still look at training that pick um, because he's, He's he, good. He maybe he's good, but he's not like he's not. He, let someone else like if you could have a shot at Joel Embiid, 
for right. example. You're like, not holding you, it up over not. that. Yeah. Now the question maybe becomes, and and this will all be dated in two days, but like the question becomes if you get a top four pick, like do you move it for, for someone like Embiid? Like, is or it, Simmons is or Simmons? Even an option? Right. Is that Simmons. there? Yeah. I think that that's a pick. So that that's, that's cool stuff to look look for. Um, come Tuesday. Absolutely. All right, let's let's end it here. I'm pretty excited. Uh, let us know what your pre-lottery superstitions are and join us Tuesday on Green Room right after the lottery. I believe the lottery is at 5.30, so it's about 6 p.m. Mark Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.